Art is more than just a composition of beautiful colors and carefully placed brushstrokes. When we can think about it more expansively, that is. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, a show that unveils the masterpiece resulting from you taking your healing into your own hands. I'm your host, Leah Fisher, a trauma survivor turned multi-awarded reflectionist artist with a master's degree in counseling. My highest intention is to create a community for self-healers. Together, we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey, one step at a time. Well, welcome back to the Art of Podcast. I'm Leah Fisher. I'm your host, and I am really looking forward to my conversation today because I'm going to be talking with someone that I actually consider to be one of the most creative people that I know. And what's interesting about that is that she doesn't necessarily use her creativity to make money in this world because she's actually a badass salesperson and is really good at business, but she really uses her creativity in a lot of different ways in activism and working with an organization as a volunteer called EARS, and that is the Education and Animal Rescue Society. And you will probably hear some dogs barking in the background today because we've got three white little fluffy dogs here. I've got my dog, there's Abby, barking. And then we have Coco, who's JD, is in a Lego. <laughs> Alexis's dog and Alfredo who is here and he is actually up for foster he really adoption I mean adoption <laughs> adoption and so we've got like a whole dog uh, party going on over here so if you hear some of that in the background that is just kind of what's happening so anyway hi Nora how are you doing I'm good thanks Leah okay Nora Meyer Marulis Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. And besides all the stuff that you do, you're also a really good friend of mine. I would say you're definitely in my inner circle of people that I go to and lean on and hang out with. So I'm just really happy to have you here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm going to start out by just asking a little bit about you. Pretend like I've never met you. Just tell me, tell me who you are. <laughs> Where you come from, how you ended up in Dallas. So um, I'm actually originally from Kentucky. I'm kind of from the middle of nowhere. Very small town. Grew up outdoorsy, tomboy. Uh, I cannot see Country this, girl. I know. I mean, uh, you guys, she, this is a fancy girl. This is a fancy, <laughs> fancy Dallas girl. Yeah. So um, most people are shocked when I, when I tell them that. Um, I was outside all day, every day. We're talking picking up turtles, snakes, frogs, four-wheeling, mudding. Oh I mean, you gosh. name it. <laughs> like, I cannot see this at all. I love it. You have no idea. So always have been super drawn to flora and fauna. I'm a huge fan of the outdoors, nature, adventure. Lived on the Appalachian Trail for six weeks. Did that whole thing. That wow. was fun. So like, you know, the outdoor survivalist and being really appreciative of um, all the animals and the birds and the trees. And so just majorly in love with animals um, after high school. I don't, I don't know that I've ever met someone who really just appreciates animals as much as you do. Yeah. All, a... all of them, <laughs> the birds, the the lizards, the insects, everything. Yeah. No, I, I am. I'm, I'm that person that, you know, I see a bee in the pool and 
I take it out and make sure it survives, get yeah. it some sugar, water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I love that. Um, there's actually, there's a lot of us, though. I mean, you know, now that I'm in Dallas and I, I came here for school originally, and what got me into rescue is my first job out of college was in a not so great part of town. And there were like hundreds of stray dogs everywhere. I'd never seen that growing up. I mean, where I grew up, if there was a dog outside, it was, you know, a neighbor's dog who happened to just get out, you know, down the way or one of their working dogs on a farm. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't an issue where we were really, I mean, we had a, we had some, I would say like there was a park close to our house where people would, would dump them, but we'd take them all in, we'd get them fixed, we'd get them rehomed, but it wasn't a constant thing like it is here in the South in Texas, Texas is terrible for the stray population. So anyway, but I came here from there and uh, my first job started seeing all these and that's kind of how I got started into it. That's amazing. So it was really natural. So you're in sales, you're kind of working in the corporate Used world. Used to be. Or you're not anymore. That's right. <laughs> she's she's foregone that, <laughs> that previous work life. But you know, so you're working in the business world and then you see something that really just tugs at your heart strings mm-hmm. and it's just so much of your core values. And you just said, I just really need to do something with that. Yeah. So I was in outside sales and the parts of town that I was covering in my territory, I mean, on a daily basis, I mean, I would see, ugh, I can't even tell you how many dogs, dogs and cats. And we're talking dogs that have been hit by cars mm-hmm. that are like walking around with a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Litters of puppies run over in the street. I mean, we're talking the worst of the worst. I don't understand the mindset of people. I, I don't understand how they could do that to animals to die. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a very complex issue. There are a ton of things that create the problem in the first place. Um, but what happened and got me into it, I was, I was out working one day and I was in an intersection. And I saw these two dogs and people were just flying through the intersection. They did not care. They were going to run them over. They mm-hmm. did not care. And I stopped dead in the middle of the, the intersection, opened the back of the car, didn't even hesitate, just picked them both up, threw them in the trunk. And that is how I got started. And, you know, when I took them to the shelter at the time, they said, you know, these, these are two dogs that we'll probably get euthanized in the next couple of days just because we don't have space and because of their breed. And, uh, I was like, Oh my God, these are two. St-. I mean, one of them was like a black lab pity mix. And the other one was this cute little min pin mix and they were the sweetest things. Mm. And I'm like, how is this, how is this possible? I've never, I've never seen this. And I'm like, started educating myself on what's happening in our city here. Um, which currently we have, the last time they did an audit, I think a year or two ago, we have about 8,700 strays on the streets of Dallas County. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, um, at the time I was like, I've, I've got to do something like I can't, um, I was right out of college. My parents helped me pay for all their medical and vetting. And, um, actually my parents' employees, uh, adopted both of those back in Kentucky. So my parents took them home and their uh, employees adopted them. And, uh, I was like, I just, I have to do something. So I started a Facebook group called Dallas strays and rescues, which is still up and running. I think that's now 16 years mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been up there. Um, and basically I use that as a platform to 
share everything like lost dogs, stolen dogs or and cats, any any animal really, um, any laws that were coming up for voting on that would concern animal welfare at a state or local level. Um, education on spay neuter and training behavior, I mean, you name it. So it's been a really great uh, site for people to go to, to kind of get involved, look for a pet that they want to adopt, and then also get educated in the process. That's, so. that's really good. I'll link that in the show notes so awesome. people can Thank go there. You. Yeah. Well, so in your family, was it really a value uh, giving back and be- participating with your community? Because your level of commitment and passion, I think, is rare. Oh, well, yes. I mean, it was. I guess maybe I never really noticed it. My grandmother was huge in activism and was very philanthropic. My mother, I think where I get most of all of my connection with nature is from my mom. Um, she was a biologist and she was a biologist. She was, she was a biologist and she worked at what's called the Tennessee Valley authority TVA. And it was, it's this huge wildlife preserve, um, on the lake that I grew up. And, um, my mom's a hunter and a fisherman or fisherwoman and loved to be outside. And that's what I got. I mean, like we would be outside all of the time. My mom could pick a branch off a tree and tell you what the tree was, that you can make a toothbrush out of this. You know, this is, you know, we'd pick up sassafras and, you know, that's what they make root beer out of. Or, I mean, it's just, it's a completely different connection to the outdoors. And so I think that's where my appreciation came for animals. My mom just, she's a huge dog lover. We always had dogs growing up. That was a connection that I established at a very early age. Mm-hmm. So, and she was heavily involved in philanthropy because, yeah, I mean, because, I guess, because you're quite active and I think everyone yeah. I have on is always involved in DIFA and yeah. always end up talking about DIFA, <laughs> DIFA on, on the yeah. podcast. But for those of you who haven't heard me talk about it before, DIFA is an organization that does research and education for AIDS and HIV. Mm-hmm. And so you were on the board of DIFA. You were, no? No, I was a style council. Oh, you were on style yeah, council. Yeah, I was on okay. style council yeah. for DIFA. The year like, before me. I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like 2018 maybe. Yeah. So yeah. we just, all of our friends are just <laughs> rotating in DIFA style council Absolutely. at this point. But Absolutely. are there any other charities that you're involved in between besides EARS right now? Um, Really, it's just, I think, DIFA and EARS. Um, most of my stuff comes, is on the animal side. I yeah. mean, I, I, we, we, try to donate and volunteer at as many different organizations as we can. I mean, and it's a wide variety of animals too. I, I mean, we, um, we support so many rescue organizations and shelters within the DFW area. Um, I mean, we're talking from pig to horse to guinea pig. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's you, very... you are very <laughs> accepting of every animal. Like oh, yes. You're always we'll like, take them all. <laughs> There's a beetle in my backyard and you educate everybody about it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that that's really inspiring for people because sometimes people might want to make a difference and give back, but they but they don't really get it that it's kind of whatever you feel passionate about. hundred percent. Whether it's animals or kids or the environment. And or, that's what I tell people all the time. Yeah. Like my motto in life really is you, know, you have to give back. Every single one of us has to give back to our neighborhood, our environments, the people that we share this planet with, the animals that we share this planet with. You can't just be a taker. Mm-hmm. And we all have to fulfill that giving back in some shape or form. And 
agreed. You know, maybe you love kids. Maybe you love volunteering at your local library. Maybe you have a great connection with horses and you want to do, you know, that. There's so many things to do that each person can find their passion. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you just kind of got to see what you enjoy and look for an organization where you can fulfill that joy. Yeah. It's been my experience that I get so much more than I give, you know, it feels like, Oh, you're giving, you're being philanthropic, but really the feelings of self-worth and accomplishment and, uh, Warm healing. feelings of, of healing and mm-hmm. well-being are so much more beneficial than any of the work that I think I've ever done. I could not agree with you more. I will tell you the the most fulfilling thing that I have done with my life is fostering. Mm. And to see these animals come in that are in the most horrific shape you have ever seen. I mean, they could be beaten, they could be starved, they could have no hair, be tons of diseases. I mean, and I'm, I'm at the point where I'm kind of a seasoned vet. So I love taking the hardest, the hardest cases, but to see them come in so broken, have no personality, and then to turn around and, you know, they make a complete 180 and they're happy and they're goofy and they have their own personality and they feel safe and confident. And then they get adopted to an 11 home it's, it's the most rewarding thing. It is, it's magic. It heals you too. So tell us about EARS. Okay. So EARS, so, um, EARS stands for Education and Animal Rescue Society. When I first started off after I made Dallas Strays and Rescues, I was independently rescuing street dogs myself. I was paying for it out of my own pocket, rehabbing them, getting them fixed, and then trying to find them homes. And, uh, during that time, I, um, you know, started meeting everyone. And at this point now, you kind of know everybody in the rescue community. You do. You are <laughs> dialed like, in for sure. For sure. Like, you know, I, everybody, I always, anytime I get a text and I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to, it's going to be something. I'll be like, yes, I found a baby bird. <laughs> you know, what do I do? <laughs> um, but um, I ended up meeting the president of EARS and she and I became friends and she really wanted me to come help with ears. And this is probably, I don't know, maybe nine years ago, eight years ago. And I, I had been hesitant because I, I like doing things, you know, Elena, a lot, as a lot of people do like thing, doing things the way that they like doing them. And as soon as I got involved and started meeting all the people in our ears family, it was just, it was the right fit. It was, it was great. And I really love the way that we operate because not all rescues operate the same. And for me, there's so many key things and it's in our name, education and animal rescue society. Part of the reason that makes ears different is that we do focus heavily on education, not only with our fosters, but our adopters, um, anybody that comes to volunteer with us, we want them to know about behavior, how to help with behavior, how to help with training, how, um, nutrition is super important for the dogs, not only health, but attitude and well-being. And so because we focus so much on that, we're able to make really good matches. And we do a lot of, we do home visits, we do background um, uh, reference checks um, to make sure that that pet is the perfect fit for that family. That way it's easy for them 
and it's a forever match. Mm -hmm. And then, and we have a very, very high success rate. It's about a 96% success rate of pets staying in the forever home. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of pets, I mean, maybe they're just hard to handle. Maybe the energy doesn't match the family. Well, and that's, that's the thing. So oftentimes people get hung up on looks. (laughs) Yes. We do that in a lot of different aspects of our lives, but um, a lot of times people get, they, they'll even see, they'll just see a dog and they'll be like, Oh my God, I have to have that dog without knowing anything about it, you know? And they may be somebody that doesn't like to go for a lot of walks and they, you know, like to sleep in and maybe that dog has to go for a four mile run every day. You definitely don't want a golden doodle, right? right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like if yeah. you're a lazy person, don't get a golden right, doodle. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, ears, all of our pets are in foster homes. Um, we don't have a facility. The reason why that's important is because that allows our foster families to know everything about that pet before we adopt them out. Are they good with kids? Are they a barker? You know, like these are things people don't think about. If a dog's a barker, we can't adopt that dog out to someone in an apartment complex because you'll get evicted. (laughs) Your neighbors are going to complain, you know? So us being able to know all of that, do they have food aggression? Are they great with other dogs? Do they get along with cats? Um, I mean, we have some of our fosters that have chickens, that have bunnies, that have, um, you know, small children, and we're able to temperament test these dogs and, and, and know exactly who they need to be matched with so that when someone comes to us and says, we have two younger kids or, you know, I'm a retiree and I want a dog that's going to be more my pace. We're able to match that mm-hmm. and able to find the right match for them. That doesn't mean you're not going to get a dog you don't think's cute, but characteristics and behavior are more important and they should trump anything with looks because of like dating exactly (laughs) it's exactly like dating it's exactly like dating this is considered a family member it's your it's going to be your partner in crime your life your you know your life partner that you're going to be hanging out with every day so you you want to click you want it Mm -hmm. to be a good match Mm -hmm. so um we do a very good job of that. I, I really love how we go about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I told you this before, but I'll, I'll tell people listening that I got Abby from a pet store about 13 years ago. I'd never had a dog before. I had zero consciousness about pet stores or, or anything about rescues, nothing. You know, I just, it was an impulse buy. Actually, I'd never had a dog before. I saw her in the cage. She was cute. She was white. She was fluffy. Put it on a credit card. And 13 years later, you know, here we are. However, you know, now I, I know that the pet stores do the best they can and what have you, but there are so many pets that need homes that you have access to. And I've asked you, you know, when, when Abby crosses that rainbow bridge, I definitely want to come to you and, and find a new little baby. Um, but I want... I need, I need a, a little dog. I, yeah. need, I need a hyperallergenic dog. Yeah. I need something, something that's going to be sweet and, and cute and really soft. And, you know, and so if I came to you with, this is what I want, you would be able to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And even if we don't have it currently within our foster network, um, we are connected with so many shelters, so many other rescues, like, you know, I've, I've joked for years that I'm kind of like a doggy broker <laughs> <laughs> and you don't give them up easy no, to either. No. You, you make people. Really yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. We don't do like onsite adoptions because again, that's where somebody can be like, Oh, that's a cute dog. I just, I'll, I'll take it, you know? And a lot of times it doesn't work out. And, you know, just so that some 
people kind of get and can fathom, you know, what reality is, you know, here in the United States, we, we euthanize just under a million cats and dogs every single year in the U S. Um, and that, and then there's about 70 million homeless dogs and cats currently. And then another good fact is there's about 70,000 puppies and kittens born each day in the U S there's no way you can, no way we can save them all. There's just not enough people that are adopting. So, but yes, the um, pet overpopulation is a huge problem, and a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people, too, get stuck on a breed, which is not a bad thing. Like, if there is a rescue for every breed of dog out there, for every breed of cat, mm-hmm. I mean, there's snake rescues. We have a fish rescue. Fish, a fish rescue. There's fish rescues here in Dallas. What? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> DFW Fish Rescue. That's crazy. I've yeah. never, I never thought that would Abs- exist. Absolutely. I mean, there's an amazing pig rescue, My Pig Filled Life. Well, and the thing about pigs, too, I know that a lot of people have gotten these potbelly pigs thinking they're going to stay these cute little pigs, and then they turn into real pigs, Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. So micro pigs and teacup pigs are a lie. It's a myth. The reason why that is is because Melanie at My Pig Filled Life educated me on all of this. Um, And if you haven't been out there, I would recommend going out there and checking them out. They're amazing. But basically what happens is pigs can have piglets and get pregnant very, very young. I forget what the actual age is. I think it's maybe under a year or whatever. But basically the female pig is not fully grown yet and they can go ahead and get pregnant. When they get pregnant, it stunts their growth. So the breeders that are selling these uh-huh. are tricking you. They're getting the pigs pregnant at, at the youngest age possible. The mom stops growing. And when you go to get your piglet, they go, oh, look how little the mom is. That's how little it's going to be. As soon as she's <sighs> finished weaning the piggies, the yeah. piglets, yeah. she grows to her full adult size. You're kidding me. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's it's a lie. It's a complete lie. There is no such thing as a teacup micro pig. So... <laughs> That I know. Is so bizarre. I've never heard this before. I knew it's, that they didn't really exist, but I had no idea that this was a It is a all for profit. Oh. It is all for profit. And sadly, there are a lot of people in this world that at, at the, the expense of the animals, it's all about money for them, um, which is why we have puppy mills and, um, you know, backyard breeders mm-hmm. that don't care about the health of the animal, their inner inbreeding, their, uh, you know, living in terrible conditions in cages. And Alfredo's a perfect example. We're pretty sure he was either a puppy mill dog or a backyard breeder stud dog. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever been out of a crate in his life. So Alfredo, in case you guys <laughs> were not on video, but he is the cutest little guy who's up for a foster or an adoption right now. Adoption, yeah. He's the cutest thing. I will definitely post him on my social media because he's just like, I don't know. He's, he's a good boy. He's just charming. He is. He has swagger. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he's super cute. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so do you guys take volunteers for EARS to come and work with the organization, or how can people help out? Absolutely, absolutely. We have so many needs, um, and it varies at different times. The greatest need, obviously, with any animal rescue organization is fosters. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just not enough people stepping up to foster. I could pull, you know, 100 dogs a day and get them into home, foster homes, if I had enough people stepping up. So that's always the greatest need. That's never going to change. 
Um, second to that, yeah, volunteering. Absolutely. We have a myriad of things that we constantly need. Um, supply donation pickup and drop off. Um, so we're very fortunate that we get a lot of donations. Some of us collect in our own neighborhoods. Um, and it's stuff that like a pet passes away and somebody just wants to donate their items or maybe they're cleaning out their spring closet and they've got a bunch of towels and linens and stuff. So we collect locally in neighborhoods. We have several um, businesses that we get donations from and we accept it all and then we sort and segregate it. So stuff that goes to the pig rescue, we take out there. Stuff that goes to the small mammal rescue or the horse rescue or the, you know, different shelters that we support, the small rural shelters that that need a lot of help. They don't, they're not in Dallas. Um, so we sort and segregate all that and we need people to help pick up the supplies, run the supplies um, and, and, you know, donate, you know, get them out. And so how many hours a week could you donate there? Five hours a week, two hours a week? I mean, it's kind of whatever you want. I mean, doing a pickup could take you, you know, 30 minutes, yeah. you know, I mean. And, and how, how amazing is that? I mean, you know, you get to do something, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't like people right now. Yeah, everybody, sure. Everybody likes animals. Absolutely. You know, spend Absolutely. A, spend a couple hours a week just running a couple errands and just making it easier for ears to do their job yeah. and, and rehoming these, these animals. There's tons of stuff. I mean, um, when we have North Texas Giving Day, which is coming up uh, in a couple months, all of our donors, we do handwritten thank you notes to our donors. So we need people, volunteers to help write thank you notes. We mm -hmm. provide all the stationary supplies, the stamps. You do it in your time. You can do it while you're watching TV one night, drinking a glass of wine, whatever. <laughs> and you send out the thank you notes to our donors. Same thing at the end of the year. We do donor notes for end of the year letters. And we do gift baskets for all of our vets and shelter partners, rescue partners. So there's a there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's back of house, there's bookkeeping. We're always looking for people um, who have photography skills that want to volunteer and take really good photos of our dogs because, you know, a picture sells, right? Like right. a picture gets people to see a dog and, you know, inquire about adopting it. So there's so many ways to get involved. Um, and we're always looking for people to do that. And it's always fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It always is. I, lo I love what you do. I love talking to you about it. And and I saw that during Christmas, you also have kind of a donation tree. So yeah, we, my, my pet, my pet supply store down the yes, road. And like yes, yes. I was laughing because I was like, ears, that's more. That's <laughs> yeah. So we're always looking around Christmas uh, time, the holidays to put up angel trees. It's the same concept as with kids. It's angel trees for the dogs. And you can either donate money to each of the items or buy the items that we're in need of. And so that's always a great way. We're always looking for local businesses who want to put those up in their stores. And again, volunteers that will help go and deliver the tree, set the tree up, and then go and collect the donations after. So there's all kinds of stuff to help out with. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So if, if you guys want to help ears, you can foster a dog. Yep. You can donate your time. Mm -hmm. You can donate your money. Or if you want to do something else, you know, reach out to ears and Sonora. I'm sure they'll put you to work in some way. And you know, listen, if you are into your healing and if you are just wanting to move your consciousness to the next level, getting out of yourself and the act of becoming less self-obsessed and consumed is going to make you feel better than any pill, than any anything, really, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. healing. The animals are healing. Yeah. 
I mean, if you ever feel down or sad, I mean, you just look at these little guys who are just, their world revolves around you and yeah. you change their lives and they, you're about, you're about to make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> I know it does. It makes me cry talking about it too. I mean, it's, it really, it, it is magic. It is absolute magic. I mean, this is why they have so many rehabilitation programs with animals. I mean, you think about it, you know, they have, um, service dogs that go in, you know, there's, there's dogs that have been in, in house fires mm. that will go into the, to the burn units of hospitals oh, to help patients, you know, I mean, but this is, it is, it's, it, yeah. it heals. It yeah. absolutely heals. There's dogs that have had amputations that go to the children's hospital where a kid had to have a leg amputated and they see a dog that's just like them and is happy and it, it heals you. And, uh, the prison systems that are bringing the dogs in and the people in prison who get to work with them and train them. And now they're learning a life skill. So when they get out, they can be a dog trainer or they can be a dog groomer. Mm. And so it's like a, it's a twofer, right? You're helping save a shelter dog and they're learning a trade. So, I mean, it's been proven over and over again that animals, they help heal you. I mean, there's studies that even show that they, it helps lower stress um, and heart issues. So, mm. Yeah, they're they're amazing little healers, and they don't even know it. <laughs> and they're so giving, they're, and they're part of us. They're mm-hmm. part of. We are not separate. You and I aren't separate from each other. We are not separate from these little furry babies. You know, like we're. Whenever we help something outside of us, another person, another animal, we're essentially helping ourselves. Hundred percent. Um, and so, and there's, and there's. This is such a beautiful way to do it because they're completely kind of at our mercy. They do. They are, you know, it's they not are. with a person. I think some people can say, Oh, you know, they need to help themselves. Sure. And there might be a little enabling in some cases, but with animals, there's none of that. There's no ulterior motive for, you know, little Alfredo here. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, if any of you guys are inspired to work with ears, please reach out because I think it's a worthy cause. And I think that it will bring you immense happiness. But, uh, so, other than that, so how are you taking care of yourself? So Nora just bought a house and she's been redoing everything for yes. a long time now. We have. <laughs> and you've had some stress around that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a lot longer. <laughs> well, and then we wanted but this, and this is a beautiful place and Nora's very creative with her fashion and her interior design. So you know, it's a project. It it's is a project. It is. It how, is. how are you taking care of yourself? with So, that? you know, I'm trying to work out several days a week. The dogs help too. Cause you know, right now we've got another foster dog and, uh, he's, he's young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he wants to go for a walk. What kind of dog is twice he? a day? He's a great Pyrenees. Um, he's going to be going to one of our rescue partners who does specifically Pyrenees. So we're just a temporary home for him right now, but you know, he's super active. He wants to go. Well, I should say morning and night he's active he wants to go for his walk which is really great I love taking the dogs for a walk and um, one of the things I always like to recommend to people when you go take your dogs for a walk be present Mm. put the phone away Mm -hmm. don't be texting don't be calling people like look at the trees listen to the breeze connect with your dog yeah take some good breaths you know enjoy the sunshine like just kind of connect with nature. I don't think we do that enough. It gives us life. It does. It gives us life. It because does. Because again, we're all part of the same organism. Mm-hmm. And the more that we plug into that and plug out of our phone, we feel energized. Yeah, absolutely. So taking the dogs for a walk with me is great. I, I That's that's a great thing for me that I do. Um, and I love meditating as well. Um, nothing fancy. I use the Headspace app. I, it, it's, it's great. It's a great guided app for me. And 
Sometimes I'll do it on a walk. Mm-hmm. If I don't have the dogs with me, I'll do a, a, a guided walk. Or I like to just take a few minutes a day and either before bed or middle of the day if I'm feeling a little stressed, sit down five, 10 minutes, have a meditative session and deep breathe and kind of move on with the day. So that's really good. Yeah. And, and I think it's important what you said about meditation isn't always just sitting silently, sitting alone. Correct. You, know, you can walk and do a walking meditation. It's mm-hmm. really all about being present, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the most at peace I feel is outside in nature. I mean, that's just how I grew up to me that that is, that's my spirituality. That's my connection is being outside and seeing how big, mm. how powerful, how amazing that the world is. And you're just this one little piece of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, it's so hot in Texas right now. I, I know. It's hard to walk during the day, but I've been doing some walks at night mm-hmm. and it's still like 98 degrees, of course. but it feels <laughs> so good mm-hmm. without the direct sunshine, but just, just being in the heat and just letting it absorb you and just mm-hmm. kind of letting it hug you a little bit. It feels so good. It does. It does. So, 20 minute walk every day is, is definitely good for you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Well, anything else going on with you? Anything else you want to tell people about or just pontificate? Any last thoughts? Or? Trying to think. Let's see. Um, no, I mean, life is good. We're yeah. just trying to finish up our house and get our pups adopted out. And hmm. you know what? Sometimes simple is just the best thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming and doing this. Absolutely. Thank you so I much. I love you for, so much. I love you too, friend. I'm so glad we're friends. <laughs> Me too. Oh, wait. So tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. So um, we're on all the social media platforms. You can find us at Ears Texas, and that's E A R S T E X A S. Um, on Instagram, or you can um, also go to our website, which is earstexas.org. And again, Texas is spelled out. So you can uh, reach out either way, either message us. We have our volunteer forms, adoption forms, all of our pets are on there. Our website's um, got a lot of really great information. So even if you aren't ready to volunteer or foster, and you have a pet of your own and you're looking for great trainers, great behaviorists that are positive reinforcement. We have all that information on there. We have treats, uh, leashes, all the things that we recommend for your dog to keep them healthy and happy. So there's tons of great articles, how to introduce your, your pet to a new family member, or how to introduce dogs to each other. So all those really important things are there on our website. So um, I highly recommend everybody checking it out, taking uh, taking a look. And we've also linked all of our rescue partners on there as well. So all the, some of all the different groups that I mentioned earlier today, like the Pig Rescue, et cetera, are all on the website. Great. Okay. So creatively powerful. You are an inspiration. I love you. Well, thank you. Okay. Love you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so thank you so much to listening to the Art of Podcast. I really love doing this and I love that you're out there and you're listening. If you would do one thing for me, would you please go to wherever you're listening to your podcast and rate and review the show? It really helps us get distributed and get the information out to a lot more people. And that is just uh, really my dream. Also, if you want more information, go to my Instagram page at Leah Fisher Art. I'm always doing updates and, and posting our resources and 
posting paintings that I've done lately. So, you know, everybody's on the gram. So go there and check it out. And also look at my new website. It has a lot of great information on it. I post all my resources on my page and you can scroll through there and click and link to all of them. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm loving the new webpage. So go check it out. And until then, I will talk to you soon.